Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday night. Welcome back into another episode of the Golden Sombrero Show. In today's show, we'll be discussing some recent news in the MLB this week. A couple of significant moves, one in terms of on the play field, another in terms of behind the scenes in the uh, baseball ops world of the Chicago Cubs. And then, of course, we had a suspension come down yesterday. Uh, and then later in the show, we will also be predicting where our top 25 free agents will be going this offseason. We already saw Drew Smiley go. Uh, we'll talk about him first. But, guys, happy Thursday. Excited to talk baseball with you one more time in the state of Arizona this year. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. Good, man. No, doing good. Not much to complain about. Excited for a good show. It's what we love to hear. Let's start off on it. I just alluded to it. We had our first man come off the board, Drew Smiley, left-handed starting pitcher with the San Francisco Giants last year, signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Braves worth $11 million. As we all know, last year, the weakness of that team was the starting pitching staff. Kind of gave out on them, along with the bullpen, in the NLCS against Los Angeles Dodgers. Drew Smiley, what do you guys think of the signing for the Atlanta Braves? Well, it's it's kind of the like the epitomizes how this offseason is going to go. It's by no means blockbuster, but it's a small move by a team that needs to bolster their pitching, and it's a guy who they're going to be able to plug in and who's going to be – you know, not lights out, but he's going to be effective for him for um, as long as they need him to be, especially with the Braves, considering, you know, how, again, you know, torn up that pitching staff was this past season. Goodness knows where they're going to be come next opening day. So um, getting just a little depth piece like Smiley is, is nice for their, um, you know, putting them, you know, in a good spot for opening day, I suppose. Yeah, Smiley's coming off a good year. He pitched 26 and third innings in 2020. His average fastball velocity was 93.8, which was the best of his career. Swing and miss percentage, again, was at the best of his career with a 14.9%. His ground ball to fly ball ratio, best of his career with 1.19. And then his FIP was 2.01. More, he had a career year is basically what I'm saying here. And the Braves are adding depth to that rotation. And like you guys said, they kind of gave up at the end. The pitching kind of fell apart, and they need they need to get uh, more help and improve at the rotation and even throughout the bullpen, which you could see them do more throughout the offseason. So I think this is a very good signing for them. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the signing for the Braves. This is kind of following their trend of signing free agents. You know, not, not the top-of-the-line guys, but decent free agents for one-year deals. We saw them do it two years ago. Josh Donaldson, he had a great year. Last year, they did it with Marcelo Zuna. He had a great year. They tried to do it with Cole Hamels and Felix Hernandez, although Felix Hernandez, I believe, well, Felix Hernandez opted out. He never played. And then I believe Cole Hamels only pitched like three innings. He was dealing with some injuries. So they're hoping that Drew Smiley can give them some rotation depth because their rotation wasn't too deep this year. Max Freed certainly carried the load. Uh, then Mike Soroka was supposed to be their ace. Started off really well at the beginning of the season. Ryan, I know you're incredibly high on him. I am as well, too, but I know that you love him. Uh, then he was hurt. That really killed them. Ian Anderson came up, pitched very well. Kyle Wright was kind of up and down for them in the rookie season. Had that awful start in the playoffs, which, of course, I was there for. That was miserable. Bryce Wilson, another young, talented arm for them as well. They're going to have a talented rotation next year. I mean, just looking at the five projected, Max Freed, Mike Soroka, Drew Smiley, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright. 
I mean, you can match it up against any rotation in all of baseball, and that's going to stack up there right with the best of them. You know, I think the Indians maybe take a little bit of an upper hand there, but I mean, the Braves—they're attacking a weakness of their team early, and we saw this—we saw them do this last year too. They went out, that they, they re-signed Shane Green, they they re-signed uh, Chris Martin, and then they also brought back uh, a lefty, Will Smith. So they, they went out there. They were aggressive on the free agent market the past couple of years because they know that if you don't get better, you get worse. Other teams catch up to you. And I expect, especially in the NL East, we're going to see that with the Miami Marlins and, of course, the New York Mets, who we won't talk about much this time. We talked about them a decent amount last time. So I I like this move for the Braves. Uh, I certainly don't think this puts them over the top, especially compared to the Dodgers, but it certainly helps their chances to possibly – get over the hump in the National League and get to that World Series because they've kind of taken that step forward each and every year. So that's going to wrap up that discussion unless you guys got anything else to put on. Smiley? No. Okay, so let's talk about the other player. We had Robinson Cano get suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. I I didn't see what he got suspended for. All I saw was PEDs. Suspended for the entire 2021 season. Uh, and he will forego a year on his contract. And the $21 million he was due, the Mets don't have to pay him. So, guys, first off, uh, what do you think this means for Robinson Cano? And do you think this is a good thing for the Mets or a bad thing for the Mets? Because Robinson Cano had a good year in 2020. Uh, Well, I mean, like you said, he had a good year this year. And, I mean, I honestly think, you know, he was sort of on the downturn the past couple of years. I mean, he hasn't been the same Robinson Cano that he was when he was in um, when he was with uh, the Yankees. But uh, this is this is just bad for this is bad for his for his um, uh, image, I, I suppose. I mean, I really I see a lot of people saying, you know, this is really tainting his Hall of Fame reputation, and I think that's that's most likely true. I mean, but if you look at his career numbers, I mean, they're pretty good. They're definitely Hall of Fame worthy. Um, I mean, I mean, it just sucks for him. I mean. He did it to himself, but uh, I think in the in terms of the Mets, like you said, I think this is actually a really good opportunity for them to a get younger at that position, and b maybe even have a chance to land land um, DJ LeMahieu, which I do, I still don't think is going to happen, but now they have a chance, um, and so that alone um, makes things a little bit more interesting. So I actually don't think it's the worst thing that could have happened to them. I definitely think it's a very um, I mean, it's, it's tragic for, you know, Cano, and, but, again, he did it to himself. I think it's bad for baseball. You know, you hate to see guys who cheat. But, um, again, I really think this might actually be a good opportunity for the Mets to find a way to get younger at that position. You guys know my feelings about Robinson Cano. Not a fan ever since the whole Billy Butler home run derby debacle. Not a fan. And, honestly, you talk about how he had a bounce back year. It's because of the PEDs. It's because he took them to, to get back to where he was. Like, the writing's on the wall with that. And I tweet about it. Go follow me at rmblank4. I'm actually kind of fun to read some tweets. But I got mad because I am tired of baseball being disrespected like this. I'm tired of players disrespecting the game, trying to get a leg ahead of everyone by cheating the game. Baseball has been dragged through the mud with the cheating scandal with the Astros. And now you got... Constant guys taking PEDs. 
Stop trying to get a leg up on everyone and just outwork them. There's a phrase. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Get a work ethic and use your hard work to get better and get yourself to where you were. I'm frustrated with it. And, yeah, this crushed, in my opinion, any case he had for the Hall of Fame. I don't think he should get in with that. Two PD suspensions, I disagree with most people who think that he should get in with that after this. So that's my feelings about it. Not going to go back into it, but I have one last thing to say. Little coincidence that it comes out that he gets he tests positive for BDs and is suspended the full season with DJ LeMahieu as a free agent. Could this be setting them up to go get LeMahieu? I think it could, but overall, I don't think it will have too drastic of an impact. Yeah, he had a good season, but let's see how he does without the PEDs. So don't you don't really know what the impact is going to be until you see who they have at second second base this season and how they perform. Yeah, you guys both mentioned DJ LeMahieu. I think it would honestly be more logistical to just move Jeff McNeil back to his primary position, play him at second base. Now, I mean, Steve Cohen, he might want to go after DJ LeMahieu. We'll talk about that in a bit. You guys both brought it up. It, it makes sense, especially with the DH probably coming back in 2022. Uh, $20 million opens up on the books. I mean, that's probably about the amount that DG LeMahieu is going to get. Probably more, but I mean, that's right around the amount. So I I don't want to say this helps the Mets, but it gives them more options to improve the team going forward because now they have a little bit of extra money. This year, Steve Cohn comes in. He's the richest owner in baseball. He's got more money than the three previously richest owners in baseball. So I didn't think they could go several ways. And Ryan, you mentioned the Hall of Fame case. That, that was what immediately came to mind when I saw this yesterday. I also tweeted that as well. I mean, you look at it. This dude in his prime f- with the Yankees from 2010, third place in AL MVP, sixth place in AL MVP, fourth place in AL MVP, fifth place in AL MVP, and then fifth place again. So you're talking about one of the best fielder, fielder at second base of all time. Dude just smooth, beautiful swing. Great slugger, you know, could get on base too. It's a shame because, you know, we we the whole thing with steroids is it's just a huge unknown. Because steroids don't help you hit the baseball. We all know that. And that's why I'm an advocate for some of the steroid users to be into the Hall of Fame. But with Robinson Cano being on the edge, we just don't know. It's a shame because I love watching Cano play. I'm fed up with it. He said he learned from his actions the first time. Clearly, he didn't. Uh, one thing that was kind of he funny. Just said that. What? He just said that. He yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Right. It's all smokescreen. It's like the Astros apology last year that they claimed they meaned and they didn't mean a dang word of it. No, he knew exactly what he was doing. And I mean, like, there's a case like Nelson Cruz did when he was younger and he said, you know what? Hey, I messed up. I was doing this to help out and, you know, get over an injury. And I got caught. I'm going to serve my suspension. And I'm never going to do it again. And it's been around eight years since that happened, and he's been apparently clean. So that that's just the case. He's still one of the he's still one of the best hitters in baseball. Exactly. So that that's a case of that. I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, that, that that's just the case of that. It was also kind of funny to see a blank person tests positive and then it not say for coronavirus or COVID nineteen. I thought it was it was just 
obviously, I, this is not a good thing. It was a nice little change of scenery because uh, we've been dealing with uh, that for a long time. Still will be, too. So that that is going to make the Mets an interesting, more of an interesting team. I mean, they're already going to be the biggest player in this offseason anyways. We'll talk about who we think they can get this offseason in a little bit. But let's move on to our final topic of discussion before we get into our free agents. Theo Epstein steps down as the president of baseball operations with the Chicago Cubs. Took over in, I believe, 2011. Led them to the promised land, to the playoffs in 2015, the World Series title in 2016, back to the NLCS in 2017, a wild card appearance in 2018, and then a missed playoffs in 2019 and a wild card round appearance in 2020. So guys, one, were you shocked by this move for him to step down? And two, where do you think the Cubs go from here? Because I, I know exactly where they're going. Uh, well, on the topic of whether or not I was shocked, I was completely shocked. I really didn't know that there was, you know, any any possibility of that happening. I'm, I mean, I'm almost as shocked as, you know, when I heard that Madden was going to step down. Um, I don't know. I think it's something, it must be something within, within the Cubs organization. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't think it's as, you know, hostile of an environment as the White Sox organization, but I mean, there, there must be something going on. I don't know why, you know, he would just up and leave. I mean, I'm sure he's got his reasons. I think, you know, he, he definitely just wants to sort of, uh, I think he wants to stay in baseball, but I think he said he also wants to focus on, um, some other things, which is good for him. Um, I mean, he's a great baseball mind. You know, he's a great general manager. He just knows how to work a team. I mean, like you said, everyone saw what they did, you know, when they ended that drought in 2016. But, you know, he just he, he knows what he's doing. And, you know, he's he has a track record of taking teams, you know, um, you know, working from the ground up. And I think he did that with the Cubs. And, you know, he was so good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I really think, you know, Again, I was shocked, but I mean, as far as the Cubs are concerned, I feel like, you know, this is the sign of a, of, you know, okay, we're tearing things down. We're going to, we're starting over again. And, you know, I think, you know, with having most of their main core um, being eligible for free agency next year, I think it's Bryant, Baez. Um, I, there's a bunch of other guys who are coming off the books next year. Most of their core, like I said, um, that has a big part to play in it. And, you know, obviously they didn't get the job done this year. Um, you know, the pitching staff, they can't develop pitching. Um, there's a lot of people who think that they might just sell the pitching staff, which, I mean, I wouldn't go too crazy. I think there's only really a few guys who are up for quote unquote sale, but, um, you know, I, I mean, that, that's all it really tells me is that, you know, the Cubs are definitely moving on from, you know, what worked in the past and they're, they're going to try and start something new here. But, um, yeah, I was still very shocked. I, I, I think, you know, um, there's not enough to be that can be said about uh, the work that Theo Epstein did with the Cubs and, you know, how pivotal of a part he was in making sure that they won the World Series um, in 2016. So um, I'm sure for Cubs fans, he'll be missed. And um, just for baseball in general, I think while he's gone, he'll be missed as well. So. Yeah, uh, Cole, you hit it on the head. I think this is just going to turn them into the rebuild because they got their core five who are for free agency after this year. It's Baez, it's Rizzo, it's Bryant, and then you also have Contreras and Schwarber. All those guys are for free agency after this year. And I think this is going to lead them to potentially trade a couple of them, if not most of them. Try to get something that they 
at the time or just move on. But I read his uh, Theo Epstein's comments, and it seems like he wants to focus some with his family and other things, but he sees his future to come back and lead a team in baseball, which is awesome. But I found the one thing he was interested in. I found, the one thing I found interesting that he said is that I wanted to leave this to someone who's going to be in it to make these tough decisions with the core five for someone who's going to be in it for the long haul. It seemed like he wasn't going to be in the Cubs organization for the long haul. He wasn't there for all of it. So he made the personal decision to give it to someone who's not going to just pick up and leave after, but someone who's in for the long haul, who's going to stick with it and re- and really rebuild the team. So that's what I saw out of it. But this was a very shocking move. He's going to be missed. I know Cubs fans love him. He's done a terrific job turning that franchise around, getting them that World Series in 108 years. So it's awesome. What he did was something you cannot take anything away from. But overall, I think this is just going to lead to the rebuild and them trading off some of their core five. Yeah, and in the last couple of years, he hasn't exactly done a great job as the general manager of the Cubs. I mean, this was supposed to be the next dynasty following the San Francisco Giants' footsteps after they won. Three and five, puke. Uh, and they they didn't. They they made three straight trips to the NLCS, which is extremely rare and extremely hard to do. I mean, we saw the Astros make four uh, with this year getting there. So they, they did a good job, but then after that, they kind of fell off. I mean, they, they haven't won a playoff game since 2017 when they made it to the NLCS and they took one game from the Dodgers because then – in 2018, they lost to the Brewers in game 163, where if they win that, they're playing the the Rockies or the Brewers in a three-game series, and who knows how things go from there. And then 2019, they missed the playoffs after an abysmal September. And then last year, they ended up winning the division after that really hot start, and then the offense was just awful the second half of the year, and they ended up losing to a Miami Marlins team that, frankly – doesn't have a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball. So I I don't know where this Cubs team goes. They're going to have to make a couple of extremely tough decisions about who to stick with. This 2021 season is going to be very telling, and that's all depending on who they stick with. Because, I mean, I feel like, in my opinion, Bryant is the biggest name there, but Bryant has had health issues over the course of his career and outside of 2019, since his 2016 MVP season, he A, hasn't been as good. You know, I mean, that, that comes with being an MVP. And then two, he hasn't been healthy. So it's kind of hard to stick with him. Javier Baez, outside of his 2018 uh, runner-up for NL MVP, hasn't been remotely consistent at all because the dude has got all the talent in the world. But we saw this year he was garbage, like just awful. I still can't believe he won the gold glove despite leading shortstops and errors. That is mind-boggling to me. Once again, gold gloves, they suck. Uh, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Hey, hey, We, hey. we don't need to go with There are some fraudulent aspects. Yes, they, they, they're, it's a sucky award. Anyways, uh, so I, I don't know where they go. Anthony Rizzo, he's been a little inconsistent too. Uh, I mean, that Addison Russell was supposed to be the next great shortstop for them. He's now gone. Good riddance to him. Uh, and then, I mean, outside of that, I, I don't know. Kyle Schwarber had a really bad year after being – he was one of the more consistent players for them uh, over the course of the career. Uh, 
Uh, I said last year, the last uh, last Padres game I went to, he's going to look really good in brown next year. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, love to see him on a Padres uniform. But uh, they have a ton of tough decisions with a ton of huge contracts and a ton of players who have underperformed to their contracts. Now Ian Happ seems like he's going to be there for quite some time. He kind of seems like the guy they need to build around, give him like a six-year deal or something like that. But the Cubs... They're in a division where the Reds look like they're a promising team. The Pirates have a ton of talent in the farm system. So in two to three years, they're going to be really good. The Brewers, they're always going to be right there. And the Cardinals, you know, they're the Cardinals. They're, they're more consistent than the sun rising in the East. There's a new one for you. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know where the Cubs go from here. I could very see them very easily see them finishing in last place in the NL Central next year. And that, I, I mean, not a lot of people are going to agree with me on that, but it's very possible. So do you guys got anything else to mention on the Cubs, or is it time to move into our free agent predictions? Nothing. I'm ready to do some free agent predictions. All right. Well, so we're going to go over our top 25 free agent predictions and where we think they're going to end up. So, Ryan, I know you already did this on your other baseball show. And we're going to start with Trevor Bauer, the reigning NL Song Award winner. Ryan, I'm going to start with you since you've already done this. Where do you think Trevor Bauer will end up this year? I think he's going to be re-signing with the Reds. And let me explain why. I did a lot of research. Hmm. As history with the pitching coach in Cincinnati. And he just seems so happy there. He has said multiple times, playing in Cincinnati and being a part of this Reds team. He hasn't had this much fun since college. He's having fun. He's pitching great. He wants to be a part of a competitive team. That team is competitive. They are one solid, consistent bat away from really being a strong contender. So I think he's going to return there because the future in Cincinnati is extremely bright. Colt, what about you? Uh, I think he's going to go to the Angels. And the reason why is because they struck out on Garrett Cole last year. We saw, you know, what settling – I'm not going to say necessarily settling is the right word to use here for Anthony Rendon instead of going and getting pitching help. We saw what that did this year. The pitching suffered. They had a really good offense, but they didn't win hardly any games because their pitching blew it every single time. This is the year they finally need to go out and get pitching. They got a new general manager. That might – help their cause here and honestly they have the money and I think that they should be willing to fork over as much money as it takes to get their ace and Trevor Bauer and I think he's well worth it after winning the Cy Young so I think he goes to Los Angeles a because it's a good fit and b because I think they're going to pay for him Colt I agree with you I have Trevor Bauer going to Los Angeles Angels and it's pretty much for basically the same exact reasons now Andrew Haney had a very solid year for them Dylan Bundy was a surprise for them they really need that frontline ace to go along with those guys because those guys aren't aces by any means. Trevor Bauer, he's an ace. And, you know, he went to UCLA, SoCal guy. He might want to come home. Now, Ryan, I like your pick to the Reds, uh, especially you didn't mention Kyle Body. Uh, he's the pitching coordinator for the Reds. He's a big driveline guy. Body was the driveline founder or something along that line. Anyway, big driveline guy. Uh, I mean, Bauer, super analytically driven. He's a fun guy to watch. I think that he could go to L.A. And honestly, if he does go to the Angels and they pick up maybe another pitcher, their bullpen improved in the second half of last year. They found a couple of young guys that performed for them. 
I might pick the Angels to win the division if they get Trevor Bauer. And that's going to be a very hot take. But uh, with the A's probably on the decline, the Astros certainly showed their flaws in the regular season, at least, and they're losing Springer and Brantley, uh, at least a free agency. We'll see who else they get. But the Angels could be in play for the division next year. Next up, JT Real Muto, best catcher in baseball, BCIB. Cole, I'm going to go to you for this one. Where do you see Rio Muto going? So, I mean, I agree with a lot of people out there saying that the Mets are going to land one big, one of the big three free agents, and I think this is the one. Uh, I really think the market for catchers is pretty is pretty small outside of him. And honestly, you know, the value you're getting with a guy like Rio Muto, who, like you said, he's the best catcher in baseball because he can do it all. He's the best at his position defensively, and he brings the offensive side of it, which a lot of catchers don't. Um, I think he fits in well there, especially since it sounds like they're going to move on from Wilson Ramos. They do have Tomas Nito, who I don't know why they didn't just try him out, save a lot of money in doing so. Um, maybe he's not the everyday guy, but I mean, you at least give him more time, um, than say Ramos. But regardless, I think this is the guy they get just because, you know, I feel like the issue with the Mets is just health. And honestly, I don't see them landing Trevor Bauer just because, really don't think they need him, especially after they got Stroman. Um, I honestly think that if they didn't weren't able to attain Stroman, they probably would have, would be much more persistent to get Bauer. But I think Real Muto is the, is the piece that they're definitely going to get. So I see him going there. Right. I have him staying in Philadelphia. And I think it's because, like you guys said, best catcher in baseball, he wants to be in Philadelphia. He said it. He wants to return there. And I think the Phillies know that they can't let him go. So that's my reasoning. I think he's staying in Philadelphia. By the way, nice blanket, Dom. Thank you. It's kind of cold in here. So we're adapting and overcoming. I agree with Ryan. Now, I promise you I have the list of where my players are going. I'm not just siding with the person that talks in front of me. They gave up a lot to get JT Rio Muto. They gave up Jorge Alfaro, who hasn't exactly lived up to the hype in Miami. They also give up Sixo Sanchez, who – was quite the opposite, had a stellar rookie season. I forget where exactly he finished in rookie of the year voting, but he was certainly top five. Absolutely electric pitcher. They gave up a lot to get Rumuto for two years to miss the playoffs in both seasons. And I think the Phillies are going to be big spenders this offseason. There's only going to be a couple of teams that do that. Uh, Mets, certainly one of them. It's another good pick for you, Cole. But I think the Phillies feel the pressure and the need to get him because I don't know where else they'd go in terms of catcher. And so we got two Phillies and one Mets for JT Rumuto. Our next free agent is going to be the other of the big three, George Springer, Houston Astros outfielder, World Series champion. Ryan, I'm going to go back to you. Where do you have George Springer going? I'm going to the White Sox. I think the White Sox want to add another bat, and they're ready to spend, and they know that they're close. They're close to competing and really becoming that World Series contender and winning the division. And I think getting a guy like George Springer and spending money on him will get them there. So I think they're going to actually go out and get George Springer. Cool. I have him going to the Red Sox. Uh, he's East Coast guy. Um, Boston needs outfield um, with JBJ likely on his way out. Um, as of now, looking at their roster, they actually only have um, J.D. Martinez, which we know he cannot play outfield. We know he will not play outfield. Um, Alex Verdugo, and then they have Andrew Benintendi, and that's basically it. They need a center fielder. 
Um, I see Springer main probably moving over to one of the corner outfield spots, especially maybe if he goes to Fenway because Fen uh, center field is very tough to play there. Um, really anywhere in the outfield is tough to play there. But um, I see him being a really good fit. They need uh, another bat, and I think he's an, a nice uh, top-of-the-order piece. And plus, again, like I said, he's an East Coast guy. He's from Connecticut, so I see him fitting in well there. All right, here we go. Here's proof that I don't have, that I'm not just following you guys. I have George Springer going to the New York Mets. And the, like you guys said, they're going to go out and spend a lot of money this offseason, and I think this is where a lot of their money goes. They need a center fielder. Uh, their outfield, very loaded as of right now. I mean, they don't really have that left fielder. They've been playing Nimmo in center field. He's not a center fielder by any stretch of the imagination. And then they got Michael Conforto over in right field. He's a beast. Keep him over there. He's great defensively and great at the plate. And if they move Nimmo to left, I feel like that can help him offensively because he's not having to worry about playing center field defensively. We've seen that with a couple of players as of late. I think Springer can go and play center field for a couple of years. And then Cole, like you mentioned, he's not a long-term center field option, but he's a long-term bat option for your team. And I think Springer can play a couple of years in center field for them, allow Nimmo to move to left. They can trade a guy like either J.D. Davis, who they might not want to play at third, a uh, guy like Ahmed Rosario, or even Andres Jimenez, go get Frankie, get him at short. Uh, they're going to have a lot of options. Uh, Dom Smith could also be traded in that. I think there's a lot of possibilities where the Mets could do something this offseason and come out big winners. So I have George Springer going to the New York Mets. Now we're moving out of the big three. Still got some big names. DJ LeMayhew, he's a name that popped up earlier from us. Cole, I'm going to go to you. Where do you have LeMayhew going? Uh, like, like you said earlier, um, you know, the Mets have a chance to get a big name second baseman here and LeMay, he's one of those guys. And like I said before, I don't think they do get him, but again, the opportunity is there. I see him staying with the Yankees because they know that, uh, or any Yankee fan or, you know, anyone in that organization should know by now that over the past two years, their best player has been DJ LeMayhew and they need to give him the money that he deserves, which is what they didn't do the first time. And so I think this is where they're going to actually finally pay up, um, I don't really see him going anywhere else. But if I were to see other suitors for him, I think he would stay in the AL East. I think he would go to Toronto um, if he would go anywhere else. But that's just me. Um, but I don't I don't think there's really any chance the Yankees don't re-sign him. So I think he's staying there. Brian? Okay, so here, I agree. It's got to be the Yankees. If I'm the Yankees in this situation, I'm giving him a blank check. Three, four years at most, because he'll be 32 at the Start of opening day. Give him a three, four-year deal because at the back end, he can play DH. He was terrific. He missed 23 games this year but still had 71 hits. And he's been their most consistent piece. He's been fueling that offense with guys like Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres, Aaron Judge, and Jan Carl Stanton. They've just been struggling. So the most consistent piece that offense has been DJ Mayhew. The versatility he brings where he can play second, he can play first, he can play third. He can play anywhere. So that's extremely valuable. I think the best thing that the Yankees can do, give LeMahieu a blank check for four year, three, four years and sign him and lock him up. Yep, four years, 100 mil for DJ LeMahieu to return to the Bronx. He's going to stay in the pinstripes. They need him. Uh, very good fit with him playing in Yankee Stadium with that short porch in right field. We know he loves to go to the opposite field. You know, hitting opposite field bombs as a right-handed hitter in course field is not easy with that 
big, tall, deep wall in right field. Uh, easy if you pull them to left field. I'm going to keep DJ in New York. Now, another Yankee, Masahiro Tanaka. I, it feels weird to imagine him with any team besides the Yankees. I'm going to start. I'm going to say he's going to resign. He had some weird offseason comments. He, he's just a weird guy, but a great pitcher, great postseason pitcher. He didn't look that great this year in the postseason, which was, you know, for everyone's sake, good because the Yankees fans are starting to get annoying about it. But I think Tanaka stays in New York. What do you guys see? Let's start with Cole. Yeah, I agree, and I, I don't think there's a whole lot else to say here. I think, like you said, it's hard to imagine him anywhere else. I mean, the Yankees really went out of their way. I remember when it was a huge deal when they got him. Um, they had they divvied up all that um, international signing money or whatever um, to get him, and, you know, he sort of took the league by storm. And, again, like you said, I really don't see him, you know, being anywhere else other than New York. I just feel like he fits there well. He's pitched well since he's been there. Um, and, you know, with a, a couple other – guys in their rotation as free agents. I think they need to at least re-sign one of them. So I think he's that guy. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's going to re-sign. The Yankees, they are getting back Luis Severino next year, but they need that three guy, and that's where Tanaka fills in. So Tanaka's a Yankee. I can't, he's one of those guys that you can't really imagine being in anything but a Yankee uniform. So I think he's going to return to the Yankees. Yeah, they're going to need to get at least one of either Tanaka, Paxton, or Hat back because pitching staff has been a weakness for them. And Garrett Cole. With that is definitely Tanaka. I would agree. So let's move back to the hitting side of the ball. Marcelo Zuna signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Braves. It paid off. He's about to get paid. A little bit of a question mark. It's still uncertain. Looks unlikely that there will be a DH in 2021 for the National League. Uh, with that being said, Ryan, where do you have Marcelo Zuna going? Cole mentioned this team earlier for an outfielder, and I'm going to say the Red Sox. I think that you mentioned it, Cole. They need an outfielder. If they're going to lose Jackie Bradley Jr., it's pretty obvious. And Alex Verdugo has the experience in center field for when he was with the Dodgers. So he can go play center field. You can try to move Benintendi to center. I don't know about that. But you can slot in Marcelo Zuna in one of the corner positions. You would preferably put him in left because that's where his main experience is. But I think that would be a great fit. They lost Mookie Betts. There were the rumors that they wanted to bring him back. They couldn't because they because uh, the Dodgers got him on a 12-year extension. I think this is where Marcelo Zuna will end up because they want to grab another outfielder and get a big power bat, and I think Ozuna's their guy. Cool. Well, I, I'm going to flip-flop here with Ryan. So Ryan said Springer was going to the, go to the White Sox and Ozuna was going to go to the Red Sox. I'm the one who thinks it's the other way around. I think Ozuna, like you said, since the DH is unlikely to return, I think he goes to the White Sox because they need a DH now because they're likely not going to bring back Encarnacion. Um, I think he's a perfect fit there because, I mean, as of right now, he's probably one of the best or most qualified to play that position. Um, he's not a, obviously, as we know, he's not a really good defensive outfielder. Um, I was going to say if he did, if they, if the DH was likely to stay, um, in the national league that he'd probably resign with the Braves. But since that's the case, his market definitely diminishes. And I don't think the Braves really need him, um, to play defense. They have, uh, Christian Pache, who, who's probably going to, you know, take over an outfield spot for years to come. So out of all honesty, there's really no room for him anymore. 
Um, and I'm sure they'd much rather save money rather than, you know, divvy up even more for a guy like Ozuna who's just going to hit. So I see him going to Chicago um, and being a DH. Yeah, Marcelo Zuna, like I said, he's in an interesting spot given the state of the DH in Major League Baseball. I think contract-wise, it's going to be interesting to see what he gets on a year-by-year basis because if you're an NL team, you could say, hey, we'll pay you like $20 million for 2021, but then $25 million down the road each year considering the fact that we think there's going to be a DH or something along the line of that. And then an AL team can say, hey, we'll, we'll give you more this first year to try and lure you to play for us this year. So that way, you know, you're, you're our DH for the future because he could go and play any team elsewhere. He could also sign a big one-year deal with an American League team. And I'm going to keep him in the American League. This is going to be a surprise to you guys. I think Marzell Azuna could be going and playing in the Pacific Northwest for the Seattle Mariners because – I think this team could seize an opportunity. They played extremely well down the stretch in the Western Division play, and they almost snuck into the playoffs, missed out by just a couple of games, and they're seeing, you know, their young core. It's there, it's legit, and they have a ton of young players they could use in that. Now, DH kind of remains a question mark. I could see them saying, hey, Azuna, come play for us for five years. In two years, we'll be a playoff team. You're going to be our DH fan and clean up for us. Let's ride. And I, I I, could see this happening. Now, is this the favorite spot for him? Probably not. Like you guys mentioned, White Sox or Red Sox are the two you know spots that are drawing the most attention to it. But I'm going to take Marcelo Zuna to the Mariners. And I'm going to roll on to my next pick because we mentioned the White Sox. Our next guy is Michael Brantley, and I think he's going to go and play for the White Sox. Now, the thing about the White Sox is their offense was absolutely amazing this year. No one's going to sit here and deny that. And they're they're losing out on Edwin Encarnacion this year. He was their DH. So that spot opens up. The thing about the White Sox lineup was, as good as it was, they were significantly better against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching. So bringing in a left-handed bat like Michael Brantley is going to be smart for them. And what they can do is they can put Brantley on in left field and then put Eli Jimenez, who was a walking heir, uh, at the DH spot that is now a void from Eli Jimenez. So I think Michael Brainley goes to the White Sox. This is one of mine that I'm very confident about. Uh, let's go, let's go, Ryan here. Yeah. So we mentioned it how we all think Marcelo is going to leave the Braves. I think Michael Brantley's going to go to the Braves. They're going to fill in that void that. They lose with Brantley, with Marcelo Zuna, pardon me, and they're going to sign Brantley, who has great pop, he's a great hitter, and is a solid fielder. So I think that's a great fit, and I think they're going to replace Ozuna by going out and grabbing Brantley. I think, uh, you know, the Astros got to keep one of the outfielders, and it's definitely not going to be Springer. So I think Brantley is the next best option. So I think he really stays in Houston. Um you know, he's the best out of the three that they're set to lose this offseason. So um, I really don't see them, you know, letting him slip away, I, I suppose, just because, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be in dire need of outfield. And this might be a much different free agent landscape if we find out that both him and Springer are going to leave um, come this winter. So I think one of them's got to stay, and I think it's got to be Brantley. All right, next guy, we're going to the bullpen. This is our first bullpen piece. Brad Hand, 
we already mentioned he was uh, he was waived by the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they didn't want to pay him ten million dollars, and no one else wanted to pay him ten million dollars, which I thought was very interesting. Very talented left-handed relief pitcher. He's going to be sought out on this market. Where do you guys see Brad Hand going? Cole, we'll start with you. Um, no bias here, but it really depends on how much they're willing to spend. I think he's a good fit in Arizona just because they need back end of the bullpen help. And he's one of the more underrated, um, names this off season or just in baseball in general as a closer or setup man. Um, he's had really good numbers, especially this year and losing Archie Bradley definitely did not help the diamondbacks and they're going to need to find a closer, which is something they haven't been able to lock down for God knows how long now. So I think Brad hand, is probably the next best option compared to a Liam Hendricks, who's obviously going to cost way more money. Um, and I think Hans is probably going to opt to take a cheaper deal. And I think Arizona is a good fit for him. If he doesn't go there, I think he goes to the Phillies, but I think that's a pretty obvious bet. Right. Brad Hand. <clears throat> I have Hand actually going to the Cardinals. The Cardinals need some bullpen help. And I think Hand would be a, a good addition. You saw them when they had Andrew Miller, he was pretty successful. So they, Get a guy who's the type of pitcher. Lefty can prove to be a very good pitcher. And I think Brad Hand would be a good fit for the Cardinals bullpen. So I'm saying he's going to go to the NL Central in St. Louis to join the Cardinals. I have him going to another NL Central team. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds. They still want to shore up that bullpen just a little bit. Uh, I think Brad Hand and Amir Garrett could be a dynamic left-handed duo coming out of that bullpen. Really sure that thing up. We want to lock down that starting rotation. After that, uh, we'll, we'll see where Bauer uh, ends up, especially if he comes back. I think that the Reds will be the favorite in the NL Central next year. We'll see. I'm not entirely confident. The, the left-handed relief pitching market is always a weird one, and I think that'll be the case for him. Marcus Simeon, shortstop for the Oakland A's, was an MVP candidate a couple years ago. I'm going to stay – with Marcus Simeon, because I also think he's going to go to the Cincinnati Reds. Freddie Galvis was not a very good shortstop for them last year. It's a big void on their team. I think they could bring Simeon in for a two-year deal, try and maximize on that window where they are. And I think Simeon can end up going here, because I don't think the A's are going to want to pay him. What about you guys? Let's go with uh, Cole. Yeah, so I disagree. I think he stays with the A's, and the reason being is because, like you said, I mean, the A's don't really want to pay guys, but Simeon had a tough year this year, but I think they're going to take that with a grain of salt, and obviously he was so good in 2019, um, and I think they really saw the potential of what he could be and what he can be, and so I think they might go a little, you know, off-kilter or, you know, out of their um, you know characteristic to save money here just to try and lock up a guy like him just because I feel like, you know, he definitely likes playing there just because I, I mean, honestly, his career was revitalized since he's been in Oakland. And so I think he'd much rather stay in a place like Oakland rather than go elsewhere. And I think Oakland will capitalize on that. Right. I actually have him going to the angels because Angelton Simmons is a free agent and there's rumors of him going to New York to join the Yankees. So I think they beef up and upgrade a little bit at shortstop and they go out and grab Marcus Simeon on a one, two-year deal. They're going to have David Fletcher, the GOAT, playing shortstop. So don't even worry about that. Next guy, former Yankee, speaking of, Didi Gregorius, who played last year for the Philadelphia Phillies. Where do you guys see him going, Ryan? I'll start with you. Reds. 
Freddie Galvis is a free agent, and I think Didi Gregorius is an upgrade from Galvis. I think that he will be a nice piece to round out that infield. So I think Gregorius is going to go to the Reds. Cool. Ditto. I think that's the guy who they're going to get to bolster the infield. So I have him going to Cincinnati as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a good pick. I mean, I obviously said they needed a shortstop on the Simeon. I'm going to have Didi going to the A's to replace Simeon. He kind of seems like that left-handed guy. He doesn't get on base too much, which I think is odd, but uh, left-handed bat in that lineup, I think that could be an interesting piece, uh, especially the way they build their lineups. Really weird. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Uh, the A's are an interesting team going into next year. Next guy, Nelson Cruz, DH, was just about the only player from the Twins that sustained his level of success, actually had a better year in 2020 than he did in 2019. So do you guys see Nelson Cruz leaving Minnesota? No. No? All right. We're, we're unanimous on that one. Another guy who I think is going to stay with his former team, Charlie Morton, starting pitcher. Uh, do you guys see him leaving Tampa Bay? I do. I think he's going to go to the Mets. I think that's the arm they're going to get instead of Bauer. Okay. That's an interesting choice. Ryan, saw you shaking your head. You're going to stick with him? Staying with Ray. Staying with Ray. I do too. I think he likes where his spot is in Tampa Bay. Not really reliant on being too big of a pitcher. Small market. He can just go out and perform. Uh, and he wanted to play one more year in front of the fans after he wasn't able to do that in 2020. So I think that he – Stays with the Rays on a one-year deal. Here's a nice big name for you. Liam Hendricks, relief pitcher from the Oakland A's. He is a free agent. He's going to get paid. Cole, where do you have Liam Hendricks going? I have the Phillies. Um, I think everyone knows that their bullpen is shambles, to say the least. So they need they need somebody. And Hendricks is definitely one of, if not the best, uh, closer right now in baseball, um, especially after this past 2020 season where he was just lights out. So I think he's a perfect fit there. Agreed. Yeah, Hendricks, one of the best relievers, if not the best in baseball. The Phillies are going to spend money to upgrade that bullpen, and Hendricks is the move. Yeah, I think this is a pretty easy pick. So next guy, it's already been mentioned throughout the show, Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm going to start. I have him going to the Philadelphia Phillies as well. They've had center fielder problems as well over the past couple of years. Uh, Odubo Herrera was their guy. Then he had some off-the-field issues, and that really brought down his play on the field. And last year they were trying Adam Hazley and Scott Kingery in center field, and those failed miserably. I think they bring in Jackie Bradley Jr. to man that outfield. Really good defensive outfield with him and Bryce Harper in right field, and then maybe Mickey Moniak, former number one overall pick can fill in for him the year after that. I think Jackie Bradley Jr. signs a one-year, like, $10 million deal with the Phillies. Ryan? Which one? Let's go first. Oh, yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was my bad. I'm ready for the hate. Kansas City. No, that's a good pick. Let me explain why. The man who was slotted to start in left field next year to replace Alex Gordon is Bubba Starling. What was his on-base percentage? Dom, I told you it. Do you remember? It was like 215. 219 was his on base percentage. Not his batting average. Not his batting. He's <laughs> on base. That's so bad. abysmal. So adding Jackie Bradley would be a great fit. And then you can move Whit Merrifield to left field. So I think that's a great fit. Plus, he fits the mold. Terrific defender, 
in a big stadium in Kaufman, which is a ballpark, he'd be terrific. And he's not the best hitter, but he's better than Bubba Starling, so I'll take it. I would like – but I think Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to come to Kansas City, and the Royals are actually high on him, and are they want him. So they're willing to, I hope, for once, put out some money to get Jackie Bradley. That'd be awesome. Cool. Uh, once again, it really depends on how much money they're willing to spend, but I think Arizona is a good suitor for him. I think, again, outfield depth – for the second straight year is, is a problem now, especially after they dumped Starling Marte at the deadline. They don't want Cattell Marte to play center field, so go get a center fielder. And I think Jackie Bradley Jr. is a nice defensive piece um, who can get on base. Um, and, you know, again, like Brian said, he's not the best defense, offensive player, but, you know, he does he does a job. So I think Jackie Bradley Jr. actually be a nice piece for Arizona. Yeah, and the question is, which Jackie Bradley Jr. do teams get, the 2016 and 2020 Jackie Bradley Jr. that actually hit the ball or the other year, Jackie Bradley Jr. Or 2018 World Series, Jackie Bradley Jr., Kenley Jansen's dad. Uh, I always have to throw out Kenley Jansen slander. Next guy, Corey Kluber, former multiple-time Cy Young Award winner, only pitched one inning last year for the Texas Rangers, was hurt, was hurt in 2019. Very interesting pickup, huge name, possibly the biggest name on this market. If I'm being completely honest, but Corey Kluber, where do you guys see him going? Cole? Um, this is, this might be an interesting one to you guys. I, I could see him going a number of places. It was tough for me to really, uh, you know, nail one down. I think Toronto is going to be look, pursuing starting pitching heavy. And I think that he's definitely a guy that could get on a cheap, like one, maybe two year, like club option. You know, let's face it. He's out of his prime and he's definitely injury riddled. But, you know, taking a risk on a guy for a cheap deal like Kluber, I think is actually not like a horrible move. So I think Toronto would actually is actually a pretty good place for him. Uh, but again, I, I see like, you know, Washington being a good place for him. I see maybe even the Baltimore Orioles being a, a team that goes and picks him up. It really depends on, you know, who wants to spend the money for, you know, a washed up, you know, former Cy Young Award winner. So, I mean, we'll just see. But I think Toronto is actually a good place for him. Brian. Minnesota. Minnesota needs to upgrade at pitching. If you're gonna say, I think that they right. What? If you're gonna say Minnesota, you gotta go Minnesota. Oh fine. I got it. I got it. Minnesota! There we go. That was bad, but it was better. But no. Um I think he's gonna go to the twins for uh main reason of they need to upgrade at pitching. Barrios did not have a great year. Kent Maeda was really their best pitcher. And that's not a bad thing. Mayan is a good pitcher, but I think they need more depth in the rotation. I think getting a guy like Kluber, who's a veteran, multi, multi-time multi Cy Young champion, I think that's a pretty good fit. My pick, this is dangerous. This kind of is scary to think about. I think you can go to the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they kind of have that the four solid starters, and then Yanni Chirinos has been hurt. Uh, Brandon McKay has been hurt. They could maybe take a flyer on Corey Kluber. They've been the pitcher, the pitcher fixers over the past couple of years. If they can get Corey Kluber right, their pitching staff could be absolutely nuts. So next guy, Pop-Tart, Justin Turner. Uh, it's hard to believe he's finally going to be leaving the Dodgers. Maybe. Uh, I pray that he leaves the Dodgers. Uh, NLS killer. Cole, do you see Justin Turner leaving the Dodgers? Unfortunately, no. 
and I'm gonna leave it at that. Ryan, how about you? Hey guys, hey guys, hey guys, guess what? Guess what? He's gonna kill you for a few more years. So I maybe this is just me as a Padres fan wishing that he just don't gets, do it. Just gets out of our. No, no, he's not coming to the Padres. No, that no. he uh, that he gets out of the division. Just go lock. Get, go get paid. Go go play somewhere else, please. And a team that stands out to me is a team that used to have a really good hitting third baseman that they then lost uh, last year. The Nationals, they lost Anthony Rendon, didn't have any third baseman production, didn't really have any production at all. They could bring him in to be a guy that gives Soto a bit of help. He's going to be my NL MVP pick until he until he wins it because he should have won it this year if he didn't have a false negative test. I'm still upset about that. He's the only person to get an award You're right amazing. And I should have got two of them. Oh, well. Uh, I, I think Justin Turner could go there because I think they're still not sold – on Carter Keyboom just yet. Maybe Turner goes in there on a one-year deal. He doesn't have that much time left, and the Dodgers have Edwin Rios, who they're ready to slot in at their base. Next guy, Trevor Rosenthal. I'm just going to say he's going to stick with the Padres. He's going to sign a two-year deal. He loved pitching in San Diego. He loves Kansas City. That would be the other option, in my opinion. But he wants to win. Uh, he, he loved playing for the Padres. Uh, I, I think that he returns. He's going to be a big part of the reason why the Padres are a playoff team again. Yep, same here. This is so tough because <laughs> I want him back on the Royals so bad. The Royals revitalized his career. He's from Lee Summit, Missouri. He's a hometown player. Oh, I want him back on the Royals so bad. But he's going to stay on the Padres, and I want him to get a ring. And if he can do it, go for it. The Kansas City Padres, as I like to say. So Yes. So, no, I think he's going to stay with San Diego on a two-, three-year deal. Next guy, Taiwan Walker. Finally was healthy last year, performed very well for the Blue Jays. I have him staying there. What do you guys have for him as well? Cole? I think he goes to the Angels. I think they get Bauer, and I think they get another um, back end of the rotation guy in Walker. Because, again, you know, that rotation is not good, so they need as much help as they can get. I think Walker really proved, again, like you said, what he can be when he's healthy this season. Um, and I think he'll, you know, go to the Angels and try and continue to do so. So I think the Angels are a really good fit for him. I actually am going to Nationals. Their four-star, Anibal Sanchez, was bad, and he's a free agent. So they could look to – Peace in Tyron Walker to be that fourth guy. It's good picks. Next guy, Jock Peterson, uh, former Los Angeles Dodger, almost a Los Angeles Angel. Where do you guys have him going? Nice left-handed power bat. Do you want me to go first? Sure. I'll go first anyway. I think, uh, you know, the Nationals need outfield help, and I think he's the guy they get. Nice little power option from the left side of the plate. Um, you know, I don't think he's like, you know, eye opening on defense, but I don't think they're looking for defense. I think they're just looking for a guy to take over a spot. So I think Jock Peterson is a really, really nice depth piece um, at, at bare minimum to slot in their outfield. And I think that's what they're going to do. Right. Oh, sorry. I'm going to the Cardinals. I think they need corner outfielder. And I think he brings some more pop to that lineup. And I think that's a very good fit. So I think he's going to go to the Cardinals. I would be shocked if he goes to the Cardinals. I think Dylan Carlson's the future in left field for them, unless they want to move him to right field, which I don't foresee. Uh, my pick for Jock Peterson, this is going to be weird, but 
but he's going to be my Michael Brantley replacement for the Houston Astros. I feel like this is so wrong given the Dodgers Astros, but I think they could offer him the most money, and I think that's where he ends up going. Next guy, Blake Trinan, waiver claim for the Dodgers last year, performed performed extremely well for them uh, after a down 2019, after an elite 2018 season. Where do you guys see Blake Trinan going? Ryan, I'll start with you. Cole mentioned this team earlier. Who needs who needs back in the bullpen help? And they're in our backyard. Diamondbacks, they need back back in bullpen help. And I think Trinan coming off of a good year would be a great piece for them to add. So it's funny because I actually completely agree with Ryan here. I think if they actually don't get Brad Hand, they'll probably get Trinan. But if they don't get him, I think the Red Sox are another team that needs to replace guys like Brandon Workman and Heath Hembry. And so I think uh, Trinan would also be a good fit there. But I actually would really like to see him in Arizona. That could be a very good pickup. I I don't even want to think about that. Uh, I have him going to the Washington Nationals. I think they need some bullpen help. They do have some money left over from them not spending money on Rendon and not spending money on Harper. I think they go out and get Blake Trinan. Used to be a Washington National before he went to Oakland. I think he goes back there. He's going to be a Washington National. James McCann, other big catcher on the market. I'm going to start. Uh, Cole, I believe you said Rio Muto is going to the Mets. I believe James McCann is the catcher for the Mets. Him and uh, I forget his name. He's well, what's that? Tomas, yeah, yes. I think that's the catcher's duo for right now. James McCann to the Mets. Uh, let's go to you, Cole. Uh, I think he goes to Tampa because you know they declined uh, Zunino's option, and I think honestly he's a really good fit there. Um, and like I said, you know, a lot of people think that for some reason Real Muto is a really good fit for Tampa, and it's like, guys, Tampa doesn't spend money, so I think James McCann is a nice little budget piece to slot in. Um, they might even have a little uh, Travis Darno effect on him as well. I mean, not that he needs it because he, you know, is a really good offensive player, but I think he actually is um, a really good fit for Tampa. I completely agree with you, Cole. I think he's an upgrade from Zanino at the plate, and I think that's a very good fit. I think McCann is going to go to the race. Yeah, that was definitely on my list, too. Uh, I ultimately opted not to. All right, we're coming down to our last four options. Uh, we got a couple more minutes here. Tommy LaStella, former Los Angeles Angel, got traded to the A's of the trade-in line. I'm going to have him returning to Los Angeles to make that infield duo up the middle, him and David Fletcher. That's got to be one of the shortest middle infields of all time. Uh, Ryan, where do you have Tommy LaStella going? I actually have him returning to the A's. I think that he's going to be a guy that they can move around the infield, especially if they lose Simeon. He could be slotted at shortstop, or they could put him back at second. I think LaStella is going to return. I also have him going back to LA, but to the Dodgers, and here's why: because they because they can, and because he's also a nice little piece to come off the bench. And they're going to be losing a lot of depth this season. So, as much as I don't want to see that happen, I think he that's where I'll go. Yeah. All right. West Coast Tommy Lastella. Speaking of Dodgers depth pieces, Kike Hernandez. I have him sticking with the Dodgers. He just kind of seems like that that Dodger for life guy, never having too big of a role on the team. Cole, what about you? See, I would say that, but I just said Lestella is probably going to go there. I think Kike is a really good fit for Miami, um, a team that needs just, again, some depth pieces, some nice little offensive um, and, like, utility guys. I think he just, you know, I think he's got that Miami personality, um, and I think he'll actually fit in really well there. 
These were the two, you guys named the two teams that I was really thinking about, but I'm going to have him returning to the Dodgers. Big time player. Made some key plate appearances, hit some key home runs for them. I think he's just that guy that's a Dodger for life. Like you said, Dom, I think he's going to go back. All right. And I actually like that Miami pick, though, Cole. I, now that I think about it. Last two guys before we head out, we just hit the hour mark. James Paxton, left-handed pitcher. I'm actually going to start. I have him coming to my team, the San Diego Padres. Padres need left-handed starting pitching, and after Mike Clevenger just went down with Tommy John surgery, don't even get me started on that. We actually should have talked about that this show. Whatever. Uh, Padres need starting pitching. Uh, the starting pitchers last year for the Padres, left-handed Joey Lucchese, he only made three starts, and they were just all abysmal. And then Adrian Murray-Hill never went more than three innings as an opener. He was pretty effective. I think Paxton can come in, kind of fill in a bit for Clevenger uh, and be a left-handed rotation piece. Uh, Ryan, what about you for Paxton? I actually have him going to the White Sox. They need some some more help in the bull, in the rotation. Sorry. And I think he could be a guy who could slide in at three, maybe four, and be a good piece for them. I'm going to the White Sox. But I do cool. like your Padres pick a lot. I agree. I agree with both of you guys. I think those are good fits. But I actually think that he's the guy who's going to go to the Red Sox um, over Kluber. I think he's a good fit there. Um, I think the Red Sox, again, are another team that just needs any help they can get when it comes to starting pitching. And so I think Paxson's a, a good fit there. Last one, the Hawaiian slick fielding second baseman, Colton Wong. Cole, I'll start with you. I said the Mets were going to capitalize on the second base situation, having lost Robinson Cano, and I think Colton Wong is actually a really good piece to go out and get. So I have him going to the Mets um, and actually doing a really um, maybe like a short-term deal of like one or two years, but I still think he actually fills in well there. I was actually shocked that the Cardinals didn't decide to um, bring him back. We'll see if they offer him more money, but uh, I think he goes. Yeah, I had a tough time with this one, but I think he's actually going to go to the Phillies. I think he could be a very nice addition to that lineup. And if they can get him for the right price, I think that would be a very good pickup for them. So I'm going to say he's going to the Phillies. But it would not shock me if he did return to the Cardinals on a bigger deal. I, I do have him returning to the Cardinals. He just seems like that Cardinals guy. Really good defensively. Can't hit the ball well at times. He just seems like that Cardinals guy. I, I personally don't see him early. And with that, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Golden Sombrero Show. I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. That's something that we're going to have to discuss. I do know. For, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, we all we all agreed on that situation coming in, and I'm so irate. Uh, but I do know we'll be live next Thursday, same time, around the same time. Uh, maybe we'll do some more free agent predictions because I, I like doing stuff like this. Not a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Hopefully we'll have some signings to talk about, actually, as a matter of fact. But with that, it's going to wrap up the show. Uh, I'm Dominic Stern. I'll be out for Cole Bradley and Ryan Blank. We thank you for tuning in. And, hey, Cole, go Cardinals tonight.